0: What's up everyone this is the go along podcast Tyler Dunn here with Jim monas this is a uh a news worthy podcast jim I mean really it's it's kind of fun to have a a little something to talk about beyond you know this guy's in the best shape of his life uh this team is is on the rise they moved up the power rankings uh this this highlight of a quarterback in shorts throwing versus air. Stefan Diggs, Sean McDermott, Josh Allen, the Buffalo Bills. Holy hell, there's a lot to get into. Uh I guess I guess the place to start, Jim. I'm not going to lie, like it is objectively hilarious from a PR standpoint. Right, I mean, this is this is the the softball of all softballs for any NFL organization. Like the softballs, just float it up in the air, knock it out of the park. Right, hit a, a few uh, video clips on Twitter, a few talking points. Right, hope is in the air Every for team. everybody. All thirty-two teams, you can talk yourself into, you know, this is why you, you fans should fill the stadium and 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 just get it rolling. And the Buffalo Bills may have the most talented roster in the NFL. Like, this is a Super Bowl contending team with a clear Super Bowl window, like we've talked about. I mean, just two weeks ago, they're they're celebrating Pride Month, which I, I clicked on the link, Jim, and wherever anybody stands on this. We, you know, we won't get too controversial here. I did not know that there was a a zero here pronoun. I, I was unaware of that. Let me just make sure I got that right. Yeah, they the Bills linked – this gender pronoun chart h-i-r-z-i-r here and Zir zay is speaking so um i guess you learn something new every day this is never heard of that before yeah i was i didn't know and and (laughs) you know in this link that the bills tweeted out um there's a line here that also says there are an infinite number of pronouns as new ones emerge in our language always ask someone for their pronouns um so i don't know so that's that's kind of how the month kicked off for the Buffalo Bills. You know, a little pronoun talk, little pride talk. Um, McDermott had a podium here, Josh Allen had a podium there. All was all was fine on the uh, on the eastern front, and then minicamp arrived. And sh- and, and it, everybody kind of knew. All right, now money's on the line. Like if Stefon Diggs, he wasn't in OTAs, no big deal, voluntary. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get fined if you miss those practices. You will be fine if you miss a minicamp practice. And it, it, you know, we don't need to rehash everything play by play. I think a lot of our listeners are kind of caught up to speed, but obviously Sean McDermott kicked things off uh, by saying, you know, he was very concerned. Sean, or Stephon Diggs was the only member of the team, not at minicamp. Clearly something just happened, right? Because this is a coach. Say what you want about Sean McDermott. Like, he's really going to say a hell of a lot of nothing in these situations if there's any drama behind the scenes. he'll he'll probably protect the player, keep it vague. Obviously irritated about something involving Stefan Diggs. Said he was very concerned when he was asked the question. And everybody's like, holy hell, what, what, what happened? Um, and then Adam Schefter spoke to Adisa Bakari, Stefan Diggs' agent, who said, Yes, Diggs did talk meet with McDermott meet with Brandon bean so now he, he's there but he's not practicing um you know he's cited leaving so he just he was there but he left and then you know one day later we're told oh, nothing to see here right I mean uh you know a lot a lot of crazy stuff out there a lot of a lot of media this media that well Not exactly. I mean, the head coach is the one who kind of spoke the concern literally into the atmosphere. Uh, I don't know where you want to start with this, Jim. I've got a lot of thoughts, but you were the director of personnel, Doug Whaley's right-hand man who hired Sean. We've got into everything. You've been in those positions with these type of personalities. You know the head coach involved here. What are your thoughts?
1: First of all, yes, you are so right that we needed this so badly. We needed digs. We needed some drama because I think we know our text exchanges recently. It's a lot of Deshaun Watson is back to being a Hall of Famer. Kirk Cousins is a Hall of Famer. Um, A lot of teams have won a couple games already in OTAs. I didn't even know. So we needed this.
0: We did. We desperately needed this.
1: I feel bad. Our our Matt Fairburn and our text threads are a little desperate right now. We're we're, we're just doing anything to get through this. Did you
0: know that Russell Wilson slimmed down, though?
1: I I found that out, and even before I drafted him, I didn't know that. So I feel even better about our quarterback draft, knowing that Russell Mm. Wilson's, like Mm -mm -mm. you said, in the best shape of his career, just like many of the players. Bryce Young got the job. He moved up the depth chart, by the way. And I'm hearing this th- – th- let's get into this while we're on it. It's the it's the battles that there's a chance C.J. Stroud's a little further ahead. Richardson in Indianapolis, a little further ahead. I know it's pretty far ahead where they were drafted. And that can tell you a lot about how they're going to climb that depth chart. There's not much of a battle. There. <laughs> but
0: that's I know we're joking, but this is kind of the point. Like every coach and every quarterback, every team, like – seriously sit down with your your PR head in that staff meeting let's go like this is what we're going to hit this is what we're going to get fans all jacked about off and running because there's no coach that's going to stand there and say oh man I don't know what to do like this is wrong that's wrong it's only June but th- that's about as close as you got and you got you got that from Sean McDermott a coach who abhors uh controversy and distractions and any of this like he doesn't he doesn't want to get near any of that stuff.
1: If you really want to know what's going on right now, this time of year, that is the the garbage that we see. You know, everybody's great. What is going on right now is there's probably about I'm gonna I'm taking a guess on this because I'm kind of just thinking about what's going on per team, but maybe a quarter of the draft picks right now, the teams aren't real happy with where th- this is the time of year where you're like, ooh, wait a second, I thought. You know, so and so, it could be the fifth round pick, the sixth round pick, the seventh round pick. Guys, we don't talk about, but I'm telling you right now, those are, you want those guys to be going like this, right? Those are the home, those are the, you know, like I like to call the bonus picks, whatever, the the extra, you know, you double down, boom. Those picks hit, you are golden. And as a draft, when you're drafting, those are the picks you get, you get as excited about those guys as you do the first round pick. So right now there are a lot of like, whoa! I can tell you right now. I can remember. I can remember going as far back to Quanjo. The talk on Quanjo was, "What's up with this guy? Like, he's not close to being ready." We we seriously thought he was going to be come in and play. So that stuff is going on right now. That's I'm using Quanjo as a personal example. Every team has somebody like that. So that is, there is there are some really good storylines for teams but that's the the backbone stuff, you know, not the that's not the real housewives of Orchard Park and and you know the, the, the stuff on Diggs uh, it, the, I, this whole thing. All right, I'm going to give you my quick take on Diggs cuz we've talked about Diggs at length. The interview at the combine with him was outstanding. He said he made a business decision, you know, on a play over the middle. We all loved it. He did. Why take the hit? He went down. He got questioned on it. He was honest. We love the honesty. He's so tough. Route running hands, everything you could want. Why did he last as long as he lasted? We talked about it. There was a little bit of, is he an all about me guy? Does he have quote unquote diva, whatever you want to use the term for drawing attention to yourself? He may have some of that. A lot of great ones do. Is it a big deal? No. No. Is it something the Bills know or the whole NFL knows? Yes. There's nobody surprised, nobody surprised about any of this. I don't see it as a big deal at all. What's funny to me is it's a big deal because the head coach made it a big deal. And to me, the things I can't believe that we've talked about in this offseason are the GM talking about the franchise quarterbacks running and the head coach concerned about the franchise – Part B, why are you talking about Diggs and Josh Allen?
0: When you know the questions there, I mean, they were, i sorry to interrupt you, Jim. I don't want to slow your roll, but I mean, like the the Bengals playoff game was January when he was in Josh's face on the sideline. That's January. When he storms out of the locker room and has to be talked back into coming from, I believe it was Duke Johnson, right? To listen to McDermott's speech at the end of that game. That was several months ago. So it's not like this crept up on you. And it's not like Stefan Diggs. I don't think there's, I mean, I don't think this was all orchestrated on his part. I mean, he, he, he traveled to minicamp. He traveled to Orchard Park. He showed up at One Bill's Drive. So we're to believe his intention all along was to participate, to practice. He has this meeting. Something was said. Something pissed him off. And... He leaves and then he's back obviously. And he's doing the handshake with Josh Allen and everything. But it's like, what, what's, I mean, what's, what's pissing him off. I mean, we, we, we can speculate. We have to speculate because nobody's really saying, but um, I mean, real quick, what Josh Allen said is it's quote internally. We're working on some things, not football related quote. I effing love him. This does not work without him. I have his back no matter what. I freaking love him. There are things I could do better. I think there are things that could have gone better last year and didn't. I think as an organization, there are things that weren't communicated the right way. So, I mean, we can speculate on the Allen front. Was there something up with their relationship? Did Allen do something off the field that irritated Diggs? Is Diggs mad about? I mean, he had the second most targets in the NFL next to Devontae Adams, I believe, last season. But his production did kind of tailor off or taper off the second half of the season. I mean, everybody in this podcast feed, they heard Isaiah McKenzie. It was kind of a running joke how Diggs would get uh just pissed off during games, and Isaiah was like his babysitter. He'd have to calm him down. And um, you know, so he, he would I, I think with Diggs, it's he is so. Highly, highly intense, competitive, maniacal, in your face. You saw it in Minnesota. You saw it here in Buffalo. My God, we—I just pulled up a story that we had when when we first launched. Go long at the newsletter. You know, I talked to Chad Hall, people around Stephon Diggs as trainer, Pete Marito. and I mean Chad Hall, really, who's no longer there anymore, right? He's the receivers coach in Jacksonville, maybe. Who knows? Maybe that's a factor as well. Uh, but Chad Hall, I mean, I'll link to it here in the description. Uh, I mean, he, he really broke down how Stephon Diggs became a leader, changed the culture in Buffalo, changed everything, became a leader instantly. Um, and I mean, just here's one quote from Chad Hall. He's like a middle linebacker, man. He's your alpha, but he's your damn dog. He's tough as shit. He's mean as shit. I'm a military guy and I'd want him in my foxhole. I'd want to be back-to-back with him. I know he's going to take care of me. I know I'm going to take care of him. That's the kind of guy is you want him in your foxhole. I mean, this is the kind of personality the Bills have needed for years. I mean, you were here for a number of years. For years and years and years before you even stepped a foot in Buffalo in 2013. I mean, they just haven't had these kind of personalities. They had T.O. for a year, but he was kind of washed at that point. So I, I think you have to... You don't no, don't necessarily need to embrace all that Stefan Diggs is, but you have to accept everything. You just do because without him, where are you? And I think Diggs knows that's his leverage. Like, where are the Buffalo Bills? Where is Josh Allen if he's not wide receiver one? Oh, I, I don't I don't know. <laughs> it's it's a scary thought for Buffalo, which is why they need to make it work. Uh, but but something happened behind the scenes and. Any idea what that could have been, Jim?
1: No, that we're we're gonna have to guess on that, and that's the hard part. But when you hear the agent come out, and I've known Adisa for I've known Adisa, I've known Adisa so long when I was a Southeast area scout for the Saints. Adisa was an up and coming agent at the time, and I called him after I was at Troy. I visited Troy University, and I was talked to Adisa, and I liked Adisa, and I said, Adisa um there's a corner at troy leotis mckelvin and i told him i was like this i was like man you might want to try to get in on him um before he blows up like because it was like one of those but that's how far back kind of these relationships go with guys and i always respected adisa he was tyrod i don't know if he's still tyrod's agent or not but, yeah yeah
0: that's what i was thinking of i mean you probably had conversations yeah probably some difficult conversations
1: yeah um so anyway, I, but I have a lot of respect for Adisa. But if he's involved, I just think probably any great basketball player, right, any guy that is a scorer in basketball, wants the ball, wants his points. I, I always say that with a number one wide out. I think a, a lot of whenever there is drama involved, they just want their cha- they want their opportunities. Even if the targets say they are, he'll have a reason why he's not being used enough. I promise you. That's how I just always feel like the great ones have been. Um, We didn't have that in New Orleans. Like We didn't have the alpha receiver. We had a great core. We didn't have that alpha. Um, So that was, you know, I've been around that. You know, I haven't been around T.O. It's funny. I was out in Philly when he came in. Um, He was before me in Buffalo. So those alpha receivers, I can't say I've personally been around, but just knowing them, scouting them, and hearing how they act, It's all the same, like all their, all their characteristics read the same over time. It's very, it's very common. So to me, if it's a thing with him and Josh Allen, that's not a big deal either because they'll work it out because the key word is professional football. They will make sure they have a goal in mind. They work too hard to not achieve that goal. They know they both need each other. I'm not, I'm not too worried about it.
0: When you, when you really do think of basketball too, my mind just goes to Shaq and Kobe, right? Like they, perfect, perfect. The, both of them perfect. looking back would have loved to have found a way to just make it work, right? Like it drove Kobe nuts that Shaq just couldn't stay in shape. And I'm sure Shaq was rubbed off by Kobe's personality for being so callous. But when they were together and they were clicking, I mean, those Laker teams were unstoppable. The best. And then they the obviously, watch that was glory, crazy. glory
1: basketball, glory NBA right there.
0: Right. I mean, and here's a quarterback and a receiver who are at least publicly lovey dovey. I mean, they're on the cover of sports illustrated for kids, the choreographed handshakes. We saw Allen elevate from very good second year quarterback to star. Brian Dayball was a big reason for that, but, but Stefan Diggs was a massive reason for that. So you're right. We've got to speculate. You know, the offense changed a little in terms of play calling. Dorsey taking the shots. Dable more about the short to intermediate, the rhythm. Who knows if it's that? Who knows if it's just the playoff collapses. The the punting on fourth down with the head coach and the Cincinnati game. Um I mean you can really let your 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 uh curiosity wander if you dive into some of those Reddit threads, you know, don't really want to go down that road here, but who, who knows why he's unhappy. I think though, it probably does come back to just that intensity, right? I mean, just the, it's, it's different. I mean, it's, it, it just is, it's, it's rare. And honestly, I mean, Isaiah McKenzie kind of called it on the happy hour here, just, a month ago and I mean he called he I'll just read what he said I mean it's almost like he's Nostradamus he said uh on, on Stefan Diggs because we asked about the tweets right and you know what I should start there honestly Jim because I had forgotten some of these tweets I mean here's what Stephon <clears throat> Stefan Diggs was tweeting through the off season. so March 8th it's just business don't take it personal March 8th that's what they said at least April 1st Come and rescue me with several E's and several D's to kind of drag that out. April 6th. I just love the game to the point it's not even a game. May 24th. People get mad when you don't react how they wanted you to. So we asked Isaiah and Isaiah said, he's a free bird. You just have to let him talk. Let him ramble. It's Steph. I respect Steph. You've got to respect Steph. When he steps between those lines, he's doing his job. Whatever he's saying, that's what he's doing. When it comes to him talking or yelling at Josh or whatever, it's just Steph trying to get it out. He's just getting it out. And then I love this analogy from Isaiah. My fiance told me this. She said, sometimes I just want you to listen. (laughs) I'm just talking. I don't even want you to say nothing. You've just got to let him talk. In Buffalo, we let him talk. And then this is the key point from Isaiah. But we also said, look, look, you can't say that because this, we also wouldn't let him talk too much. Like you can't be saying that because I saw you do this and they do this. We correct him on some things. 90% of the time he's probably right. The other 10%, you could probably be tripping. That's where you have to stop him right there and say, look, We're not letting you say this. We're not letting you do this. No, we can't even allow that. No. And he listens. He'll say, maybe I'm tripping. You're right. You're right. That's what you have to respect. Maybe he's talking a lot, but he will listen. Maybe this just falls into that 10%. He's really upset about his role, upset about something. It came up several months later in this meeting and like a nasty, you know, fight with a girlfriend, you know, he just left.
1: That's him. Maybe that I mean, maybe that's it. <laughs> I, I honestly I think that's it though. I mean, I think there is nobody that I don't know him, but just the you know, from scouting him and then just talking for people who know him better than I do, and then hearing that, he's always been this way. They Whatever could that way is. And and Tyler, what do we always say? Production equals tolerance. It's simple. Production equals tolerance. It's it does. It, it's let him do whatever he needs to. Like Isaiah was saying, let him get it out. Let him whatever he needs to do. Let it. It'll happen. Just let him get to Sunday.
0: And I'm sure with Sean's cognizant of, Brandon being two, Josh Allen three. Mm-hmm. At what point could it become, you know, malignant, detrimental to the 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 team dynamic? And what because that you do have this window, you do have this good thing going. But I think you just nailed it. I mean, as long as he's at the peak of his powers, and I I, I think he's still there. I mean, the numbers weren't outside of that New England game, weren't great toward the yeah. end of the season. Um, that's where your scouting and your coaching and your your self-scout, right? And you're analyzing your own film has to come into play because you know, if he is slipping, right? I mean, these receivers when they hit. 30, 31. How old is Stefan Diggs?
1: Good point.
0: He is. He's going to be 30 years old in November. <clears throat> so you – correct me if I'm wrong, Jim, but, I mean, that side of 30. Yeah. That's I mean, the these golden. receivers, the they can they can fall off a cliff. Mm-hmm. I remember being dead wrong about Julio Jones when the Tennessee Titans got him a couple years ago. I'm thinking, whoo, one-on-ones. You're going to load up to stop Derrick Henry. Julio Jones is still this freak. This is going to be amazing, and he just his body just broke down. He wasn't the same receiver. He was not Tampa, and he's done. Um, that, that's why this DeAndre Hopkins stuff just doesn't really excite me. I I don't know. I mean, maybe he's got, but when it happens, it's gonna it's gonna be abrupt, and it's gonna be ugly. I'm not saying Stephon Diggs is inching toward the cliff. I I mean, he still put up really good numbers last year. He's got this rapport with Allen.
1: Yeah.
0: But on your production tolerance point, I'll just throw this at you. Theoretically, if you're looking at the film, you think he's slipping a little bit. And you are already kind of pinching pennies as Brandon Bean and you're working the fringes. This would be the time to trade him. I mean, right? And I get it. There's some people saying, oh, this contract's untradeable. I I mean, every contract is tradable. Like they yes. could make this happen. I mean, yeah. the, I believe the Falcons and the Titans made it work out, and that contract seemed untradeable. <clears throat> and he he was a little further along than Diggs, so yeah,
1: yeah, you can make it happen. You
0: could. What could you get for a combustible receiver who did this kind of stuff in Minnesota? I, I don't know. And I pro- that ship has probably sailed now that a lot of this dirty laundry is being aired. Right, mm-hmm. if, if you're seeing all this behind the scenes early in the off season, if you're a little forward thinking. And you don't mind taking the bullet in the court of public opinion? Right? The fans would be really mad if you traded Stephon Diggs. That—that's probably the time to do it for getting a decent return. Um, would you consider it though as an option, whether it's at that point or this point, as a GM?
1: No, I'm good. I keep him. Write it, it out, right? Guy, I'm good. I love love the guy. Don't mess this up. It'd be like Kyrie and LeBron to me. Don't, why, why do you, don't break up. Like you guys had a, you could, you could have had a nice run.
0: Yeah. And you know what? The more I really thought about yeah. it, Jim, the more I, I am with, I, I'm with you. Like, I, I think it's really easy to hyperanalyze the situation. And a lot of teams kind of run into these problems. They, they, they look at numbers and they look at analytics, you know, Look at Diggs's former team, the Minnesota Vikings. I, I get it. Like you you have to rebuild at some point. You have to move on from players at some point, And maybe Cuesti Adolfo Mensa is doing the right thing. Maybe he is. Um, but they could have kept Dalvin Cook. I mean, it's not he's not breaking the bank. He's still really good. We'll see how it works out. Like, that's the balance of playing for the now. Thinking of the future, assessing and being realistic with your team, Super Bowl chances in the present. So maybe like the Vikings are looking at their roster and thinking, look, we, we won all these one-score games last year. We lost to the Giants in the wild card. We're not competing for a Super Bowl. We're gonna move on from Eric Hendricks and uh Dalvin Cook and I mean Daniel Hunter possibly soon to Smith. The Bills are clearly in win now mode, like the super Bowl windows open. So I'm with you. You just you just you keep Diggs. You put up with anything you have to put up with off the field. Let's see where he's at at, you know, 31, 32 years old. But right now, you've got a chance to win it all. So why why would you basically cut off your left hand? <clears throat> you wouldn't.
1: Nope. Pretty. It, it's, it's good drama. It's good drama. The thing with Diggs is he ages as a player he's such an incredible route runner that he could age into a slot, an incredible slot. You know, like he, I think he could play for a long time if he's into it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like he's not built on just speed. His route running athleticism are so special where he can, you can line him up so many places. So I, I, that's, I just love his value. I love the guy as a player. I love he and Josh Allen together. Like I just get whatever this is. Get, get to that first game right now. Just get – this is what you got to put up with.
0: <clears throat> Great point nah. on the route running. We forget how unbelievable of a route runner he is. It's,
1: it's it's awesome. Like, it's it's such a rare quality to have. But talking about Dalvin Cook, it made me think of Saquon Barkley too. With the Vikings and Cook, I don't know enough about that whole situation financially and what they're doing. But to be honest, I'm okay, – like, yeah make that move if you need to financially, if that's why they did it. Um, your team's based on cousins and, and you've put your money in the quarterback. You keep playing them. You don't replace the guy. We read he's going to the hall of fame on Twitter this, this week. So I guess my point is, yeah, if, you, if that helps you build around other pieces then do it with the giants, with Saquon Barkley, he feels disrespected. I I don't know how to feel about that. Like, the Giants have to do what's right for them. They they need Daniel Jones to be right. And, and I'll use gambling as an example, Tyler. But if Daniel Jones midweek gets hurt compared to Saquon Barkley midweek during the season, that point spread, if Saquon Barkley gets hurt, that point spread might get affected by half a point. If Daniel Jones gets hurt, that point spread is getting moved probably three, three and a half points. My point is quarterback – Daniel Jones is the key in New York. It's not Saquon, and he—he's replaceable in my in my mind. Like the Giants tag him, they want him. Play, don't feel disrespected. You should feel pretty respected.
0: Great point.
1: I don't know, Tyler. Because how do you feel? Do you feel opposite of, of me on that? I mean, I feel like I'm, I'm a little—I lo-
0: you know. I love my running backs. Yeah. I feel I feel bad for running backs today. I feel sad I do for do. running backs today. I do they do. they're so instrumental to success. Um especially if you can get a Bijan Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, G- get get a young mm-hmm. stud, play him right away, get him 200, 300 touches right away. I mean, that's cost controlled five years. That's just smart financially to use and abuse you know, your young running back. Honestly, you know, when the new CBA, I was just talking to an agent about this, when the new CBA um, conversations are being had, they, they've got to somehow put the running back position in a different bracket with the rookie pay scale, right? Like, it's just, it's different than everything else. It's not fair to these running backs that they've got to wait for maybe five years to get to their second deal when it might not even matter how good you are. A team's not going to pay you a ton of money. I mean, we just saw a wave of the best backs in the NFL getting the bag, come and go. And these teams, I mean, they couldn't wait to get out of those contracts. I mean, Christian McCaffrey is like the one, I guess you you could call him an exception because he is a receiver. He does so many thing thing. things. But, but but even then, he I mean, he couldn't elevate the Carolina Panthers, and then they were trying to get out of that contract. So – yeah. I mean, it just is, it kind of stinks for Barkley. Um, I mean, Daniel Jones is better with him that the giants want him that, that they tagged him. They're trying oh, to negotiate no. with him. Yeah, like they want to give I'm him saying. a
1: contract. Go so through, go, yeah, go go on the journey. I mean, it's, is it fair? Is it, is it ideal? No, but I don't know. I, I just, that one, I just rubbed me the wrong way. The other thing I was thinking about too, we were talking about um, with the, with the bills um, with the big personality Shady McCoy, Shady McCoy, was a big personality, superstar, but where he would—I ne- don't know—I don't. Want, I'm not not saying he was never negative, but did he have an ability to to let his mind out? Yeah, in a great way, just like he does right now on his show. The way he talks about Dak Prescott, mm-hmm. you know, he's very just blunt with things. But I always thought Shady. Behind closed doors, he could wear me out. Still arguing about why no Sean Marino went ahead of him in a draft. (laughs) Wear me out. If he saw me tomorrow, he'll talk about it. But I love that about Shady. And there's nobody you want to go on the field with more than Shady, more than Stefan Diggs, because they lay it out. They lay it out. They don't hide from anything.
0: So, oh my God, I can't believe we haven't talked about this. I don't think we've talked about this. You, I mean, you've broken down how the how the trade happened on the yacht, obviously with Doug and Terry, and Mm -hmm. like Chip Kelly shopping Lashawn McCoy, and uh, yeah, yeah, we'll take him, we'll take him, Kiko. What what else? What else do you need? So the trade goes down, and it's just beautiful the story that you told. Mm -hmm. So when I was at the Buffalo News in 2015, ahead of that Philly game, I did a big feature on on Lashawn McCoy. And I talked to his brother, LaRon. Oh yeah, about like when LaShawn found out uh, that he was going to be a bill. Maybe I don't. Know, you, you don't have you don't have time to read my stuff back then. But your name was I. I talked about you in the story. I totally forgot till now. Um, so uh, yeah. I just I just pulled it up. Oh, that's crazy. So uh,
1: now, yeah.
0: <laughs> um. So this is from uh, LaRon. He said that his brother, LaShawn, was, quote, crushed, devastated. And then this is what I wrote uh, at the time. So, yeah, that was the ahead of the Philly game. I said, uh, so the Bills couldn't get a hold of him. McCoy was off the grid. He'd never played for a football team outside the state of Pennsylvania. McCoy had a heart-to-heart with his agent, mm-hmm. Drew Rosenhaus. Weister, that was his uh, his high school coach, right, at Bishop McDevitt. That's yeah. right. I sat down with him down there. Mm -hmm. Uh, explained to LaShawn that uh, Rex Ryan will want to run the ball. And once he said that the Bills Director of Personnel, Jim Monis, was a Bishop McDevitt graduate himself, McCoy started warming up to the change. Quote, he was very, very upset, LaRon said. Upset's not even the right word. He was heartbroken. But when he heard Jim Monis was in Buffalo and he was a Bishop McDevitt guy, (laughs) we're giving you all the credit
1: no um no let's first off yes he was devastated and i had nothing to do with him being more excited about buffalo no but his
0: his coach helped him connect the dots he said hey
1: well they're not all evil up there so wector he's just uh that story that wector back in the night i was transferring high schools back before high schools back in like 1992 I visited two high schools. Wechter was the head coach at Lebanon Catholic, one of the schools I was looking to transfer to. But anyway, he was Shady's coach. um, Just long time winning coach at Bishop McDevitt every year. And I thought it's so goes to show you how off I was. We were celebrating so hard of that trade. Cause I told you before that was, the most fantasy football, me and you in a backyard making a trade when we're in high school, you know, whatever thing we did. You know what I'm saying? That easy. That does it just doesn't happen that way. So there we are at our high. It it brought me back that night right away. I'm like, you know what? It hit me. Like, yeah, that is that is tough. Like he put his heart into that city. That was his childhood dream. Everything it, it hit, all the it makes that trade even crazier that Chip Kelly did.
0: It does, I'm sure it still bothers him to this day. I mean, he would have loved to have you know cemented a legacy.
1: Did how has that late. ever come out? Was that ever known? If that was a Howie Roseman, was Howie involved in that? No, I, I mean, that so was, was all was. I don't think it no, was I think he he all, it's all chip. I
0: mean, how. Howie's career is insane.
1: That's I mean, he's a guy then he gets right. shoved,
0: you know, to the basement, told to, you know, yeah. get out of here. Here's a coloring book. <laughs> Here's some cocoa Chip melon, Mallory, right? Let that the big was... boys run the show, Howie. And then Chip runs, Chip starts great, then runs the team to the ground. Howie comes back, rebuilds another winner. I mean, it's, it's nuts what he's done.
1: <laughs> it is, it's, oh. But it takes me back. But it brings you back to the human part of that, that there what we are celebrating. When
0: LaShawn kissed the logo, though, I mean, that that that's kind of when the season is starting to nosedive, year one of Rex. I mean, it was so high and so low. I mean, that season was, it was nuts. But I remember, like, the lead up to the game, LaShawn at his locker said, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm not going to shake shit, you know, basically calling out Chip nothing to do with him I and mean, he was pissed that goes out there in pregame kisses the logo it was
1: it was weird he, he, he's, he's a weird he's a different he was a different cat shady hey i wouldn't see i can't say weird it's shady
0: that's why they call him shady
1: oh it's just his personality it's just like i'm saying with digs like i just feel like that this is who they are it goes back kind of how we were talking about their personality yeah he, he did and that. you deal
0: with it to a point to a point. Right. And the bills dealt with, I mean, LaShawn was the starting running back when
1: Unbelievable. like everything, like the end of the
0: drought there. with, with in Sean's first year. I mean, he didn't,
1: he wasn't that productive, but it was like, okay, he ran he his course football. time to go. And then he was basically done. He loves t- Shady loves football so much. It's like, I just can't get over how much he loves football, how much he knows about the game, his yeah. passion. Like it's, it's why he's, you know, you add all that and his talent, that's what makes Superstar. You know, he just has the t- talent and passion combined. He was way better
0: um, than, than I anticipated. I, Same. I don't know. I think there, there was part of me that thought that Philly was smarter than Buffalo at that point. It was one of those trades. You, I remember exactly where I was when it went down. I was still living in Green Bay at the YMCA like in the weight room. And I got a text from my college roommate, Jimmy Paul, who loves the podcast, loves your analysis. And uh, he was making fun of you. He was making fun of you guys. He's like, Oh, good luck with good luck with LaShawn. You know, we're take, take his contract, take this running back. And I mean, I didn't, I didn't really know what, what the bills were with Tyler, themselves into.
1: This is what, here's why he is kind of right on that trade in general. And, in- in general, that trade doesn't move the needle enough for either team. As far as as great as Shady is, it was. If you don't have the quarterback, it's just too hard to get over the top. And yeah. you see what I'm saying? Where, you know, we valued that trade so much because we, we needed everything to be, you know, outstanding because we didn't have, you know, you know, a solid, what we considered a franchise type quarterback at the time, you know, it was Tyrod, but we knew needed, you know, he was still developing as a starter. So anyway, the offense was going to be based around shady and it was rightfully So, and you're going to look back on that team someday, you know, they're, that starting lineup is, is scary when you look at it offensively. But point being, that trade didn't do anything for either franchise, really. Kiko didn't do anything for them. I mean, but you guys led the league in rushing. No, shady, shady, it's not, not did for everything. nothing. Shady did every single thing you can do. I mean, he elevated us, and they got to the playoffs.
0: Yeah. Also, I don't know. From what I can recall, a Kiko Alonso jersey can take a man far in life.
1: I'm- I mean, let's face it the trade shady, the trade itself was a a win as far as who got the value per player. She you never, gotten, did you ever hear
0: that story, Jim? You never heard like, that story. Locally? Is that the
1: Kiko story?
0: Yeah. The Jersey in Buffalo. You're a fan in Buffalo. Yeah. I mean, we don't have to get into the details. I think our Kiko we'll just was let a, people research Kiko that was a
1: big hit on Chippewa.
0: Yeah, I think we all, we all, I think you, every well down those lines everybody's a big hit on Chippewa at some point in their life. I mean, the bars close at 4 a.m. in Buffalo.
1: I so wouldn't you, know anything about that, turned,
0: Tyler. No, you wouldn't. Not at all. You you never went to Bada Bing for a little late-night snack. or You never saw Tim Murray out, for sure. That never happened. I might have gotten a few beers with him at one point. It was an awesome conversation. I loved it. Uh, hey, you have all right. to know
1: how your players – You have to be out to know how your players are living. You want to make sure your players are living right. We're all in this together. We're a team.
0: Anything else? I mean, on digs that we're missing here. I mean, this could... I think we're on the same page. Like, you just... You have these brutal conversations. You get everything off your chest. I mean, Isaiah was a... (laughs) <laughs> like I said, I was like, he predicted the future. Um, like the, the bills basically kind of let him say whatever he had to say, gripe about whatever he had to gripe about. And now they're in the Kumbaya phase. They'll come back for training camp. They'll have training camp. The games will begin, but I mean, it's going to come up again. Like he's too competitive. Like there's going to be issues.
1: Sure.
0: It's a guarantee. It's a guarantee. Concern you
1: not concern you doesn't concern me. It concerns McDermott. <laughs> he's one yeah. to say he's concerned. He's very concerned.
0: That's true. He said it himself. Hmm.
1: That's, that to me is the story, though. I don't understand why he said that.
0: It's strange. It's strange. I, I think everybody's left, you know, want, it's not like you hear – Head coach today, to Wednesday, say, oh, I just want to provide clarity. Um, you know, Talked it out, have hard conversations, da 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 da, lickety split, everything's fine. Like it's some, something's up. It will come up again. We'll see if it affects the team. I, I think you want him on your team. You want to feed him the ball 11, 12, 13 times a game. He, he deserves it. He's still really, really good. Yet, this is also how really, really talented teams with the Super Bowl window wide open start to come apart at the seams. There's infighting. Look at the Legion of Boom. You lose at the—I mean, they won a Super Bowl, too. But you lose at the one-yard line. Russell Wilson throws a pick. Richard Sherman's pissed off. He, in the moment, it's kind of eerie, like the iconic image of Richard Sherman just collapsing is so similar to kind of digs in, in Allen's face. But, I mean, really, I, I guess the moment for Buffalo would be 13 seconds. I mean, that was the team. That that was the offense that could have won a Super Bowl. Um, so you get that close mm-hmm. to winning it at all. You don't. A star player is really unhappy. In Seattle's case, it was kind of Richard Sherman and the whole defense unhappy with how Russ they – Russell Wilson was treated within the team dynamic and throwing the ball at the one yard line, thinking that Pete Carroll wanted him to have the glory, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it fell apart fast. It was one more decent season. And then the defense breaks up. They're done. Russell Wilson hangs around. They try to like you know move the pieces around Russell Wilson to make it work. Even got a new coordinator. Even got him DK Metcalf. But they 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 never were a serious Super Bowl contender again. So that that's the danger here. It's like is this a sign of? Here you go. I mean, where whether smoke this fire, I, I, I'd be concerned. I I think Sean is right to be concerned. Like they're in terms of big picture, where do the Buffalo Bills go from here? This is one of your two best players clearly something's wrong. So I don't think that we should all just kind of merrily, you know, drive down the I-90 at this situation, like it's a rest stop and say, ah, "Nothing to see here, let's just keep it. No, like something's
1: up, something's up here. Who, here's a poll question. Who lasts longer in Buffalo? The head coach, Sean McDermott or Stephon Diggs? Like who's that's a That's a great question. Because I already know that it's not. We already know the quarterback's good. It's Allen going to be, be, being you know drafted.
0: Allen, he's below him. No, we know that.
1: We know the Chris. I'd say
0: Mc, I'd say McDermott. I, I think McDermott still would have that power over over a wide receiver past thirty. Right. I mean, it's the yeah. owner's call.
1: Yeah, That's a good good bet. I think so too. Um I mean, I'm not saying it's right, but... No, I'm not either. I, I need to kind of, It
0: kind of depends how the season would unfold, though, too. I might like, need how to how would the season
1: one. end? That's what I was going to say. What if it's the defense that struggles?
0: I mean, in that case, McDermott's it's Marty Schottenheimer.
1: McDermott's calling the defense. The defense struggles this year. The offense is putting up numbers. Now who goes? Say they don't make the Super Bowl. And it was the defense that gave up points. That could be the head think, coach and not, not the and not the receiver.
0: It's all about how it would, how it would f- fall apart. Because at that point, then it's, it would have to be the defense. You, I think It had to be code red, big picture. I agree. Like it's bigger than any of this dick stuff. It's you've got Josh Allen. You're not getting it done. Get a coach in there who isn't the second coming of Schottenheimer, John Fox, you know, the coaches we've, we've referenced here. But to, hey, to McDermott's credit, he's he's optically perception-wise. Now everybody knows he is in charge of that defense, for better or worse. There's no beating around the bush. Okay, I think that's good. That was a lot of fun. Really enjoyed that one, Jim. Sorry we didn't do it in person. We'll get to uh, we'll get to Fatty soon. We should, we should mention Fatty. It's a great time to get in there. Get your summer seasonal beverages. Downtown Buffalo, Orchard Park, Hamburg, Kenmore, Tanawanda—all over the place. We'll be there soon. And uh, over at Go Long, have a lot of have a lot of stories, a lot of features. Very, very, very soon. I've kind of been on the road a lot, Jim. Uh, Jacksonville, know. Tampa, Detroit. So we've kind of been gathering, working on some long-form stuff and uh, saving it for the right time. So subscribe, golongtd.com. Completely dependent on our readers. Thank you very much. Jim, we'll see you soon.